0: Welcome back to another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, featuring interviews with guests who are having success in entertainment. I am Bruce Wozniak, talking to guests who are singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, and more from the worldwide music community. Do please stay connected. You can write to podcast at nhte.net, or instead of email, you are welcome to DM me through the at Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account. Anything and everything to do with this podcast or the entertainment industry itself, I look forward to hearing from you. Joining me today on location at the NAMM Show in Anaheim, California, my guest is a singer, songwriter, and guitar player from Nashville, where she had a residency at E.B. King's Blues Club. She has released six new songs this year alone. She has had one song featured on the HBO series, The Hype, and had placements on the long-time daytime drama, The Young and the Restless. Her videos on YouTube have combined for over 400,000 views, and she has played live to groups numbering from a few to thousands in venues all across the country. She is self-described as, quote, rock and roll with a hint of soul, end quote. You've been hearing a song of hers called *Una Na Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Jenny Teeter.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. To be here.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I appreciate you making time to sit and talk with me today. I know we have a lot to dig into during our time here together. But before we do all that and get away from the song of yours that was just playing, share with the audience first all about Ooh Na nah.
1: Ooh, Na Na. I love this one. Um, this one was just a fun bop, honestly. And um, it just kind of encompasses the idea of being with somebody that you're probably attracted to. And the idea goes to your head. But at the end of the day, they got to work for it. They got to show me. So um, a lot of the lyrics are basically like, you know, show me what you got. You got to work for it. I'm not easy, you know, Um, and show me your best qualities and attributes. Um, So it's just a really fun song that's flirty and uh, windows down kind of vibe. So
0: you're living in Nashville and it's like against the law in the songwriting community to write by yourself. So was this a solo, write? I'm half kidding. Or was it a co-write? It was a co-write. Of course.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wrote this one with uh, Sky Claire. She's written a lot of the songs that I have out right now. So.
0: I know it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. No one's keeping score in Nashville, but was this your the song your idea or hers?
1: I actually came into the right with The melody, ooh, na, 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 yeah, on the way to the right. I just started singing that. She's like, ooh, I like that. And we kind of rolled with that. Okay, wait
0: a minute, because I love this. So was it literally like when I got in the car, I had nothing. I was going there with nothing. And this came to you on the way?
1: Correct. A lot of my rights honestly happen that way. (laughs) Um, I'm more melodically... Like, my strengths are in melody uh, rather than lyrics, and she can just speak in lyrics. She's so good. Um, So I'll come in with an idea that's, like, maybe the hook um, or the melody, and out comes the song.
0: But I'm talking about getting in the car and saying, like, I'm going to a right and I have nothing. Yeah. so you're you're at peace with that, or is it? Oh no, I didn't say that. Like it freaks me out getting in the car, knowing I'm going to a right, and I don't have anything to bring to the table.
1: As soon as I get in the car, if I don't have an idea, it freaks me out. But then on the way there, it always happens. I don't. I've never shown up to a right without an idea. Um, but it might have. It might have That's happened so on cool. the way there. So, That's so cool!
0: <laughs> wow, wow! You posted on social media a behind-the-scenes look at the video shoot for yeah. Unana. Talk about that whole process. And also, I imagine that the video will be out by the time this interview is released on July 6th or no?
1: Yes, it should be. I, 100%. Um, yeah, they said it like a two-week turnaround. So um, that was a lot of fun. It was with Stormlight Pictures. I've been wanting to work with them for a while. And the last few music videos, I've, I've directed myself and produced myself, edited myself. Um, and so this is nice to like have a professional like highly rated company do it. Um, and they actually said that they loved the song so much that they were like, he immediately took the project. He's like, yeah, I want that. Um, so it was a lot of fun. They pulled out some like really cool tricks with the camera, like a fisheye lens. Um, I'm so excited to see it. We did so many things that I going into the music video. I wasn't sure what exactly was going to happen. I knew what the story to, um, was going to be, but I was like riding on this dolly. And he was pushing me and the camera was right in front of me. And like, so that's going to be a really cool shot. Um, so there's just a lot of like out there techniques that they did. That's going to come together. But so when cool. you
0: say that prior to that, you had directed and done all the videos yourself. So do you go into this and say, Hey, these are the pros. Like I'm just let them do what they do. Or is it, you know, no, I still kind of had some vision for.
1: Yeah, I definitely had a vision. I came to them with my idea of how it should look. Um, but, um, So we worked together on the treatment for it and came up with like the story behind the song and what, you know, who's going to act on what. Um, But it's more of the like filming aspects that they took. He's like, we're going to do this. I'm like, all right, let's go. (laughs) And I loved every idea that he had. So I love that because I
0: probably couldn't do that if I was doing this by myself. Yep.
1: That's how I, why you depend on them, the producer and the filmmaker to to come up with those ideas that I don't have the expertise in. So So for
0: anyone listening who might be an indie artist that is doing music videos themselves, how did you, you said, Oh, Stormlight Pictures, I wanted to work with them. Like, how did they get on your radar? Um, You know, how did you choose them? Because I think there's probably a lot of indie artists who are saying, yeah, I'd love to work with a professional outfit like that, but I don't know who to go to other than maybe asking other artist friends.
1: Right. Yeah. No, um, they came across uh, my Instagram. Actually, Mm. I think it might've been a sponsored ad um but i saw that they had worked with other artists and priscilla block was a a big country artist that they recently did a lot of uh, several of her music videos so um i saw that quality there and i just knew i was like that's yeah it's going to be good <laughs> so kind of leveled up there and um i'm really excited to see it
0: what software did you used to use when you were doing the videos by yourself to edit
1: oh god uh <laughs> iMovie <laughs> Ah, yeah. Okay. iMovie. Okay. I simply put it together, and I knew exactly how I wanted it to look, like how, like where each clip should be, and it's just like user friendly. But I, again, I'm not an edit, a pro editor. I don't have like Adobe or. Any yeah, the I was other waiting nice for you ones. to say Final Cut Pro, Final but Cut Pro, the nope. cool
0: thing is that you were able to do it in iMovie. Yeah. You don't have to spend hundreds of dollars or get no. a license for some thousand dollar software program to say, okay, if it's going to look professional, because people are going to get on your YouTube channel and they're going to watch and they go, she did these herself, they look yeah. great. Yeah,
1: and, and the quality of the camera helps. I mean, that I hired a videographer to shoot it, and then I just had him put uh, it all on my computer, and then I took it from there. I so see. I knew exactly what I, how I wanted it to look. It's just a matter of, you know, final, the final edit. Yeah. So
0: So I've mentioned Music City once or twice. You moved to Nashville in 2017. Where did you move from? And was this just, you know, classic case of why lots of artists moved to Nashville? Or was there something else that prompted the move?
1: So I moved from Columbia, Missouri. That's where Mm. I went to college at Mizzou. Um, I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. So I was in Columbia for about six years um, doing a health degree, like something totally different. Wow. Um, but I always loved music and I had my own band there and music had always been a constant for me. But, um, yeah, Nashville, I came there on, on my 21st birthday. Go figure. Wow. Everyone wow. goes there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I fell in love with it. And so years later I was just like, that's where I need to go to grow as a songwriter, performer, everything. Um, and I, I I had been playing in bars in Columbia, Missouri and doing that, but there's only just so far. It's mm-hmm. a smaller college town. So I just, I knew I needed to branch out and just um, go to a city that is saturated in talent um, and just learn from those people. Mm. And so that that took me to Nashville.
0: But see, I love that you said learn from those people because I think so many artists move from wherever they're from and they think, like, I'm the big fish in my town. So I'm going to go there and people are going to notice me. And instead you went there humbly and said, this is where I need to be so I can learn from everybody else.
1: Yes, correct. No, like you have to learn from the best. I knew I wasn't ready, but I was ready to make the move to grow because I knew I needed to do that. So, um, I don't regret it. It was, it was the best decision of my life.
0: (laughs) So when you said you went there on your 21st birthday, not you moved there on your 21st birthday, you went and visited and then said, okay, I need,
1: yeah, that was gotcha. a later decision. We just, yeah. Um, I oh, 2017, how old was I? I don't need it doesn't matter. But yeah, that was totally a later decision. I just okay. remember coming to Nashville.
0: Okay. Yeah, and since moving to Nashville, uh, I mentioned the residency at B.B. At King's Blues Club. I'd love to hear how you got that, but then also, you know, what type of gigs are you playing there? You know, how often, where, when, those type of details.
1: Yeah. Um, So the B.B. King's residency, that was super cool. Um, That kind of happened through a connection of mine. Um, I had been playing at a different bar where the manager there, I knew her from when I worked at a bar when I first moved to Nashville. And so she's like, I know the booker at B.B. King's. I should. I'm gonna tell him about you. I was like, okay, sweet. And so that was just by total luck, mm. um, knowing somebody. And so yeah, he hit me up, met him, told him what we can do. And I had a group of players at the time that I was playing with that did like straight blues, like Meg Williams. I played with her all the time, and she's an incredible blues guitarist. And so. Um, It was like a two-for-one deal because she sang as well. So Mm. it was like two female-fronted blues band, and uh, B.B. Kings was was looking for that. Um, They didn't have very many females. So, yeah, that was an awesome residency that we did. Um, And it ended because it closed, but um, now I'm playing just everywhere. I did the Broadway thing. I did all the honky-tonks, mm. Miranda Lambert's, Luke Bryan's, Jason Aldean's, FGL House. I did that last summer through December, and it was amazing. It was a great experience. Um, my chops grew. I grew. Um, learning how to uh, rally a crowd mm. and get them you know, to pay attention, taking requests on the spot of a song I've never played before. <laughs> that was really cool. I'd never done that before. So um, I did that for a short period of time, and... Um, now I'm playing all over downtown, all over Nashville, and then touring with my band on the side for original gigs. But Richmond people Gakes. will see
0: you even, say, at a writer's night playing yeah. somewhere in Nashville. Oh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Wow. Yeah.
0: I love audience. I love that Jenny just said that the B.B. Kings thing was like, oh, it's just somebody that I knew, and it was the manager or the bartender, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, that story shows that, And I'm tempted to say for anyone in the audience who is an indie musician, but, you know, really it just, it it just kind of encompasses whatever profession you're in period, not only the the value of networking, but that you never want to look at somebody as, you know, Oh, it was just the bartender. It was just the manager because, you know, we're all created equal, right? No Mm -hmm. one's below us, but also you never know what someone can do for you. And in this case, you never know who they know. And this person now, granted, here's the other part of the story. Like, Jenny, you have to be awesome, right, for the person to believe in you and to say, I'm going to put your name in, I'm going to refer you over to this person. So, I mean, that whole story is just really so symbolic of, you know, what just being a good person could be, what being talented could be, and what, you know, recognizing the value of connections could be that you go, okay, sure. Yeah. Thank you. Like put my name in, let's see what happens. And it leads to a residency. You
1: never know. I'm telling you. And it's also a direct result of just playing out too. Like I connected, I reconnected with her by playing this other gig. And then she's Uh like, oh, uh," you know, it just led to one thing. So Constantly playing out is just like the exposure and the reconnections and connections that you make is is very important. And that's why they always tell you, keep getting out there.
0: Yeah, you got to be seen. And even really, you know, being here in Anaheim at the NAMM show, you know, being seen. And in Nashville, it's very much a you got to be seen kind of Mm -hmm. town. But for people out there who are just too nervous or they think their songs aren't ready, you know, these are the kind of things that you're missing out on by staying home and not being seen.
1: Just do it. Get out
0: there. I'm told that your best friend became your manager.
1: Yes, she did. When did
0: that happen and how?
1: Oh, my gosh. This happened, like, a month ago. Like, it's very new, and it's awesome. Um, Her name's Sheridan Gates, and we've been, like, best friends since we met. Uh, She was, like, the first person I met here via uh, her producer, who also was in Missouri. In Nashville. Yes, yes, in Nashville. (laughs) Not in Anaheim. (laughs) Yeah, correct. Um, Sorry, yeah. And so Sheridan has been doing the business thing. She started doing like artist stuff and she was singing with me. We did a lot of house concert tours together um, from east to west coast. We did with Meg Williams. It was the three of us as a trio. And um, recently she she started her own company called New Roots, which is helping young um, females coming to Nashville, giving them a start and mm. like sh- giving them mentors and like guides on how to do what. And it's a really cool company um, and so she's kind of leaned into the business side and has always wanted to, you know, get her feet wet with, with artist management. And I'm like, sitting here, I'm like, well, what about me? You <laughs> know me like the back of your hand. And she's like, I thought about that, honestly. And so we just had the conversation and everyone I know, their manager was started as their best friend. Like, I don't want some random Joe modes like, yeah, I can manage you. Like, they don't know me. Um, Sheridan knows me, loves me, we're best friends, we get along, we communicate well, and so we're trying it out, and it's been going really well.
0: Yeah, and I would think that because it's a pre-existing friendship, that it's easy for you to say, like you did, like, hey, I'll be your guinea pig, and for you to give her some feedback and say, Mm -hmm. well, that's not helpful, you know, or I don't need that. I'm happy doing that myself, and for her to kind of learn, you're both kind of learning from each other through the process, and neither side is bashful about speaking up and saying, like, eh. That really wasn't that terrific. Yeah, like, let's yeah. not do that again. <laughs> yeah, and we,
1: we had expectations set up front. And we we're like, hey, we're friends first. Like that's that's where the line is. And so um, I don't think we're gonna have an issue though. I, she's awesome, and she's been making huge strides for me
0: already. So, okay, maybe this is one of them. Regardless of how this came to be, <laughs> this is so cool because, especially here in the NAMM context, we're so used to artists right away trying to seek endorsement deals from traditional, you know, music gear companies and you have got some interesting collaborations. Custom stage wear by Bluff Agency yeah. and Caliber Hat Company makes your hats. So uh, yes. How did those come to be? That's so it. cool. I love that you went non traditional <laughs> and didn't just say, like, I got to get a guitar company. I got to get a microphone company. I got to get whatever.
1: Yeah. And those kind of just fell into my lap, honestly, um, again, through connections or someone I knew. Um, Caliber Hat Company is out of California. And um, my old producers actually showed, that, showed her my song, Daughter of the Devil. And she loved it. And they're like, we're going to connect you. She wants to make you a hat. Based off of Daughter of the Devil. So it's the hat I'm wearing right now. It's red. Wow. It's got, you know, snake skin on it. And it's got my um, initials on it. And oh, so wow. we just kind of connected that way. And um, we've been fast friends ever since. Uh, so she's been awesome. She made me a black hat as well. So it's been really fun to get into custom stage wear. Like, I've never done that before. And looking around at all the other bigger artists, like, they... You have a look on stage. You don't just wear something you're, you know going out to lunch
0: we're talking about apparel
1: apparel. Yeah. yeah. So like a custom jacket. Yeah. Your wardrobe that you, when you're putting on a show, you want to wow the people and then they look at you and you're like, you're put together. You're a whole, you're a whole brand. Yeah. And, um, I saw that I've always wanted it. And, um, this year, this was the year that I'm like, I'm going to do it. I, I would love to do that. And it's really solidified me as a person. I've got to express myself through, fashion and stuff that I love to wear and just make it me and I think that just shines through when you're on
0: stage so the only dumb question is the one not asked so I would think I would think that with custom stage wear it's just an absolute given like of course Bruce I'm required every time I perform to wear something from them uh, she's shaking her head no. no
1: no not at all it's like that's been just like a fun thing like hey I got this coming up I want a custom outfit for it
0: uh, okay. so, but
1: I wear, I mean, I wear the hats all the time. Obviously that's, thats Well, that was the other thing. side of it. I was yeah. going to
0: say is, you know, do you, is there something in writing? Is it, I feel obligated? Is it, you know, they're checking up on me? I'm
1: not at all. No, there's no contract between it. This has just been like a mutual relationship where like, obviously if I'm repping you, I'm going to tag you in all the things that's just like me as a person. I love recognizing these talented women that are in my life and male, whatever I do. Okay. If good. I'm, she if, is going to
0: tag. Absolutely. That. Now okay, Come on, Bruce. About that. Yes, <laughs> of course. But if anything
1: that I'm associated with that I love, like I'm not doing it for the, like, you know, just to represent, like I, I actually love these hats. I actually like believe in the stage wear that I'm wearing and the people who I want to talk to to get my story out there. So like I'm going to I'm going to help you along the way as, like you're helping me.
0: I like it. I like it. So audience, the new Jenny Teeter single it's called Whiskey With Me and it's sponsored by Whiskey Jam. So help me Damn. through that. What does that look like for a song to be to be sponsored and and for that matter how did that happen? Like, did you approach them or, or vice versa? And and also tell the audience more about the exclusive concert with them?
1: Yeah. So, Whiskey Jam is a huge, if you're unfamiliar with it, in Nashville, it's a huge jam. Um, they've kind of founded a lot of big artists like Mary Morris, Luke Combs. Like, all these people have played Whiskey Jam. And um, it's a really really cool bar downtown downtown and midtown and they host a whiskey jam you get up there for 20 minutes play your thing and everyone's it's packed every time every time it's packed it's just a fun night of music and it's not only country they have rock artists like me you know they have all kinds of nights and kinds of artists that come in and so ward gunther is in charge of it he's the mc um he's got his own podcast too on like i mean he's just doing his thing and He's so well-connected in the national community um, and has been a huge support for, for independent artists. Like, that's how they got their kind of start. And um, I, I hit him up. I've played it before, but I hit him up. I'm like, Lord, I've got this song. It's about whiskey. I love whiskey. Whiskey Jam. Like, we need to collaborate on this. I would love to do my music video at the Whiskey Jam performance. Ah. And so they're sponsoring the music video. Okay. And um, so we shot it. At Whiskey Jam, I played with the full band. I had a videographer come out and shoot it, and we did the other scenes and basically they're just they're sponsoring it by promoting it as well. Nothing no crazy big contract or anything. It's just, "Hey, Ward, do you want to you want to help me out?" And he's like, "Absolutely. This song rocks." So,
0: Okay, so I don't know if you're at liberty to disclose, but by saying that they're sponsoring it, are they paying for the production of the video? No. Um, oh, no, no. Nah. But at the same time, is it, you know, they will promote, promote the video it for they're you. gonna
1: promote it and like to me that's huge it's whiskey jam like i'd love to have their support behind this um just especially just knowing who they are and what what their mission is and if they share a jenny teeter stuff like that's pretty cool yeah. to me so yeah. and i love ward he's been he's been awesome to me and he's like all on board i just texted him he's like yeah 100 percent. let's go well,
0: i love that you did it because i'm familiar with whiskey jam okay. in nashville and You know, you would think that something that is as successful and as popular as Whiskey Jam is that somebody else would have had the idea first, and that you'd go to him and he'd go, "I get asked this all the time. I'm sorry, Jenny, you're awesome. I I just can't keep saying yes to everybody." So it's cool to kind of be the groundbreaker on this because now he's going to say, "Look, just because I did it for Jenny Teeter, John Doe, I can't do it for you. Just (laughs) because I did it for Jenny Teeter, Mary Smith, I can't do it for you too." Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's and I came to him. It's like no work you know, for on his side, other than just, you know, helping share the, the video by the kindness of his heart, you know, because he believes in the song and that's all I was looking for. And it was shot at Whiskey Jam. It was just like a fun music video and it, they just go hand in hand. So it just made sense for me to collaborate with them. Well,
0: and let's be honest, you know, putting our, our business hats on for a minute, it is great to be able to have the backing of Whiskey Jam and Absolutely. say, that they are sponsoring that video and then to have custom stage wear by bluff agency to have caliber hat company making your hats for you i look at that as a case where eventually people look at jenny teeter and the success that she's having and these collaborations that you're having and they're going okay i need to know more about this girl because obviously she's doing a lot right so Mm
1: -hmm absolutely poor choice of words here comes the
0: corny <laughs> pun of this episode but hats off to you because Aww. you know this is this is all really good good business that, that you're doing here thank with you your music. Yeah. I
1: love it I love it all I just want I just want to like have a successful career surrounded by all the talented amazing supportive people in my life that I've met and it's like I'm doing that so like life is good right now I just I'm doing my thing and I'm supported with the right people in my corner just like it feels good it just feels genuinely good
0: that's awesome that's awesome I'm joined today on location at the NAMM Show in Anaheim, California by singer, songwriter, guitar player Jenny Teeter. Visit her official website at jennyteeter.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. I never say this anymore. I used to say, if you need the spelling of her last name, look at the title of this episode on your listening device. I think it's common sense. That's why I don't say it anymore. Anyhow, when you click on that link that I'm going to put on the show page for this episode at NHTE.net, you're going to go to her website and you're going to see the buttons to click on so you can connect with Jenny on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. And Jenny is also on TikTok as well, so do look for her on there too. On JennyTeeter.com, you can also click on the logos for Spotify to listen to her music and YouTube to watch her music videos. You heard her talking earlier about the Oona Na video she's working on at the time that we're recording this interview. Be sure to keep up with her online as well so you can see where and when you can go see her perform live.
1: Are you receiving the weekly e-newsletter? It has information about the latest podcast episode and other notable goings-on. Plus, there are oftentimes exclusives in there that only people who get that are seeing first. Just go to the podcast website, nhte.net, and put in your email address. And yes you really will only get an email from Bruce each Wednesday. That's it. No spam. Sign up now for free and stay up with everything going on with the show and more. It's fast and easy at
0: net. Jenny, some of your time is spent performing with the Nashville trio and you have traveled the country with them putting on acoustic house concerts. So, How did you come to that configuration? And what would you say to someone who is thinking about going the house concerts route? Because there was a time when house concerts were really big. And then I think COVID happened and things have started back up. And me personally, I feel like we're not hearing about house concerts as much. So do you love them? Would you recommend them? Or is it like yeah, I'm not sure. Be careful. Yeah. (laughs) Take a look. Yeah.
1: No, I highly recommend them. Everybody should be doing house concerts. Um, That is my bread and butter. That is my favorite type of show. Honestly, aside from full band, like high energy shows, like house concerts are so incredible. You get to connect with people. They're intimate. They're right in front of you.
0: But even in a trio setting, it's not too much.
1: No, not at all. I mean, you're in charge of the set list and what you want, but we have fun. We do upbeat stuff, too. And, but as a trio, it's three guitars, three vocals. So it's not like your typical trio, like bass. And so it's Sheridan and Meg. And we put on a Nashville Writers Round mm. type of show okay. inside of okay. your house. So that's okay. kind of how we um, started that. And I started doing them with Sheridan. Um, and we just hit up our, our network of people, family and friends. We sat up and we're like, we need to – I saw this book. That my friend turned me on to, and was like, "How I made twenty five thousand in a summer three month house concert tour." I'm like, "What?" And I read it, and it was incredible. Like the business plan, everything it tells you exactly what to do. And I sat down with Sharon. I'm like, "We should do this." And so we made it happen. We did it just as a duo, just her and I. Um, we did a New Jersey tour. We did some Missouri shows, and then we brought in Meg because she can solo. And it was just, it was the perfect trio: a brunette redhead and a blonde. I mean, it was just great. And so, um, yeah, we did like a Nashville classic writer's round. And people outside of Nashville don't know what a writer's round is. So we would always ask to start out, who in here has heard of of a writer's round? And nobody raised their hand. So it was like, okay, we're doing something right. So we taught them and everyone, the response on it was so good. They were just blown away. We shared the stories behind our originals and we went down the line and then we would you know, throw in a couple covers together. But three-part harmonies and guitar solos, it was awesome. So um, we've been doing that for the last three years now. We've wow. done East Coast, West Coast. We did a whole California tour. And it's been so rewarding. And we've really created super fans. Wow. Like super fans. They're, they're there for your music, and they connect to your music and your stories. And you don't get that very often.
0: Yeah, it's a lot different sitting in a living room, and the person is five feet away from you as opposed to sitting way the heck in the back of some venue where you're going, she's good. And I see her up there and maybe afterwards I'll go up and tell her she's awesome. But you don't really feel that human, that personal, that real close connection that you do when you're all in such a intimate confined space.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. And that's, it's been the coolest thing. Like I have a house concert tonight and She followed me on Instagram and reached out and saw that I was doing Mm. them. She's like, if you ever come in the area, I'd love to host you. And now she's been hosting house concerts for me the last three years, every time I come back to Anaheim. So So
0: cool. It's awesome. And I have another follow-up question, but first I want to tell the audience when you hear Jenny talking about people not being familiar with Nashville Writers Night and all that, go back, I'll put a link on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Go back and listen to the interview I did last month with Blue Foley, who is a Nashville songwriter. And Blue has the Nashville Nights concert that's happening in Denmark in September, and he kind of talks a lot about their uh, the the whole idea of like Jenny just said, people outside of Nashville not really knowing about this whole experience and what writers' nights are all about. But sticking with this idea of you and the other girls going out and doing these house concerts, I gotta believe that you know traveling together, having those intimate performances, spending time on the road probably lends itself to some creativity as it relates to getting some songwriting ideas out of all of that
1: yeah absolutely oh my gosh i write from experience like straight up i it's hard to write a song that i can't relate to (laughs) obviously i'm sure but um so yeah just experiencing life with them and like going through these troubles like there's been some songs. <laughs> so. Well, yeah,
0: because if you go back to the beginning when we were talking about you getting in the car and saying, oh, my gosh, I don't have an idea. I'm on my way to a right. Well, now it's a totally different environment. You're out on the road somewhere. You're mm-hmm. hanging out with them. You're playing a house concert. And just gives you this whole new perspective where all of a sudden these ideas for songs come in, and you go, yeah. this yes. isn't so bad. I love yeah. Nashville, but this isn't so bad being yeah. out here and getting some new material to work with.
1: Absolutely. And we've gone through, we, as a trio, like, Have experienced the good and the bad along the road, and it's just we have each other's back, and we're all just best friends. So it's just there's no better way to go out on tour than with your best friends. So it's been really nice to do that on the side. So
0: you have said, "quote What is a genre these days, anyways? It's Mm -hmm. annoying to fit into a box." So I have created my own. End quote. Can you elaborate that on that? Because you know I get guests on the show, and occasionally I will say that unfortunately. Whether we like it or not, artists will find websites out there where they want you to put in your name and your social media handles. And then they'll say your genre and you get to pick a drop down box where you can only one. pick one. Yeah. So no. so, so, what do you pick in that case? But I also want you to elaborate on that quote, too. Man,
1: I guess it depends on the gig. Honestly, there have been some gigs where I'm like, hmm, this probably leans more, you know, Country. This leans more rock for this one. So it, it really depends on what I'm submitting for because I have so many different influences. Like, I like it all. And I love, like, my cover list when I play downtown. All of it. I like pop, rock, classic rock, like, country. I do it all. And um, yeah, it's why
0: you're, as I said in the <laughs> intro, self described as rock and roll with a hint of soul. That's right. I got a very
1: soulful, like, bluesy voice but there's some twang in there when it comes out and, but then I can like belt it and rock out. So, um, what is the genre these days? I don't, I really, unless you're just like full on straight one genre, that's okay. I'm not. And, um, I just think there's so many different, it's a melting pot now. It's hard to pinpoint people's sound sometimes. And that's kind of what I've been struggling with. Like marketing wise, Mm. you've always been told you got to pick a lane, pick a lane, honey. And, I'm creating my own lane, I think. <laughs> I'd rather do that um, because maybe in this season I'm more rock. And what are, where I'm at right now, that's where that's where I'm at. I love rocking out. I love doing that. But I have so many songs in other genres that, hey, maybe down the road I'm going to release a, a more Amy Winehouse vibe. I've got a lot of songs in that. Maybe it's more bluesy. Maybe it's more country. I don't know. But um, I like it all, and I think it all – all those influences come through in my music, but it's the voice that ties it together. Like that's Jenny Teeter. And so that's kind of what I'm trying to go for is like genres hard.
0: (laughs) Genre has been hard. If we're all going down the road in the same direction and that road is called music road, right? There's probably like, it's like a four lane highway. So what difference does it make? Which lane I'm in? Like we're all traveling down this road together Mm -hmm. through music. So why do I have to just stay in the far right lane?
1: Right, exactly. And like uh, the question of, I I like the question of like, what artists do you sound like? Like, because then I can name a, a bunch. Because I think my uh. fans can come from so many different pools, and they do. They really do. I've got a a blues following that likes me. I've got a country following that likes my stuff. Like, wow. and wow. then rock. So I, it's a little bit of everything. Like Etta James. Ooh, I love her. Like that soul and Amy Winehouse. Like that comes through. So we cast a wide net when we were marketing out my music because it just it it appeals to a lot of different audiences um depending on the song so and then as a
0: result you put in an album that has 10 songs on it you know some people are going to like these three some people are going to like these three some people are going to there's going to be some overlap so yeah yeah, i'm with you because this whole thing about like you said you got to pick one and you can't be all over the board because if you are naming off all these different artists and i go oh wait a minute
1: and mm-hmm. I identify
0: with that one, well, now I'm going to come and see you. And if yeah. you had only put this one or these two and not the other one, I'm going to be like, ah, I don't, I don't... Yeah. Who else is performing tonight? And right. boom, Jenny just lost a potential new fan. Mm.
1: And they're not, it's not like my songs are like, only this one is rock. And this one, like, if you like any of them, I think you're going to like all of them because it's, it's really like an entire performance with personality sass. And it's like, I loop people in with that too. Like you got to like the person, like you don't want to just stand, you know, stand up there and have no personality. And some people are, you know, they fall in love with you by just being you too. So I hope I get people that way too. That's awesome.
0: That's awesome. Let's go back to and the first half of the interview when we were talking about music videos prior to the one that you did with someone else. There's two music videos of two of your original songs, Surrender and Daughter of the Devil. Both are from 2019. And folks, these videos, a combined total of more than a quarter of a million views just on those two songs alone. So a few questions here, you know, what do you attribute the success of of those videos? And, And then also, In both of those, you're playing the role of a dominant woman. So did you find that easy to do? Is it fun to do? And then, again, talk about that I believe you're saying that those were videos that you did entirely yourself.
1: So, um, yes, I, I think it was easy for me. I love doing that. I'm just a very sassy person in general, and I like flipping the narrative to where, like, I'm in charge. And you know, cause typically it's like ma- males are dominant. That's fine. Um, but definitely in surrender, it was the other way. And like, he's hunting me, but really I'm hunting him. So <laughs> I loved, I love it when a music video flips that. Um, so that was a lot of fun, but I actually did not do those two. That, those were done uh, by red 13. Um, they, um, were also the producers on those tracks. So I had flown out to Boston. Where they're located in Framingham, Massachusetts, uh, right outside. Um, and so I was with them at the time and they, they produced those music videos. So it was a lot of fun to work on it now with How them. does
0: somebody in Nashville get hooked up with a company that's oh my up in gosh. Boston. I
1: know it's a crazy story. It's just like a friend of a friend. So he had um, been introduced, they had been introduced to me through somebody and they loved my stuff and they're like, can we work together? <laughs> and so it just kind of happened through connections and, and took off from there. So
0: did you go and shoot them both at the same time?
1: No, those were separate.
0: Oh, yeah. wow. wow. Yeah,
1: so I had gone up on separate occasions. But they've been they've been in my corner since the start. Surrender was my first single in 2019. Well, so. I'm just
0: thinking, like, economically, it makes sense. I'm going to go up there and shoot them both. Oh, and yeah. You're yeah. like, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> no <didn't> do that. <laughs> those were separate. <laughs> that would be too but, easy. Yeah. The song Surrender was played on an HBO show called The Hype. And as I also mentioned in the intro, you have had multiple songs played on the daytime drama, The Young and the Restless. For anyone in the audience who is an aspiring performer eyeing up film and TV placement, which is such a hot commodity these days, Mm -hmm. how were you able to get those placements? And and for that matter, have you done any writing where, say, a music supervisor has described the scene that they need a song for? Or is it, no, these are just songs of mine that were already written and recorded, and I was just submitting them?
1: So... SYNC has been a really fun thing to get involved in. Um, I work with a producer in Nashville who actually found me on Instagram. His name's Shay Watson. And he writes specifically for SYNC ah. and liked my voice. So um, he, yeah, we that's how that started. And I just I just kept writing with him and um, became a writer on a roster with the company that he works for. That wow. he, he produces the music wow. for and writes it with other people. So he, he got me in. And um, that's where the Young and the Restless placements came. I actually just had two more placements mm. on there um, last week um, with a song that I wrote with him a couple months ago. Do we and see why
0: she's loving life I'm audience. telling you, I mean, it's been a week. Wow. Um, wow. So that
1: was really cool. And we just, it's, it's funny because we don't know until the day of the episode airing. What? Like the girl that um, she'll, there's like a group on Facebook with all of us writers in it and she'll be like on today's episode and she lists the songs i'm like oh that's our song (laughs) i guess they chose it so it's we don't know until the day of it's so random but Mm. we just keep writing we'll just set up dates we write for a song and sometimes it is where they do have a brief for a specific scene that they need something for and sometimes it's just vibe like he tells me he kind of tells me like what are we doing today and he'll be like so, so um, it's been really fun to write specifically for that. It's not my songs. We are writing for like a specific vibe that mm, they want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I don't use any of these songs for like my personal um, originals that I put out. But it's are you been... allowed
0: to if you wanted to? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm a writer on it. Um, they have the ex- you know they have the right to place it basically mm-hmm. being on their roster. But again, they're so different from my stuff, but I love it. It's just some of it's like Nora Jones. One of them was a Christmas song that I would, you know, it was just like fun, and one of them was like a the one that just got placed was very 80s vibe, it had synths, and it was it was really cool. Um so yeah, it's 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 all a mixture of briefs and just kind of what they're looking for and writing
0: specifically for that mood. And was that the same route to getting Surrender on the Hype or no?
1: No, that was actually through um, one of the guys at Red 13 in Boston. They uh. knew the music supervisor. They passed my name along, <laughs> said, you know, they had my my song on their catalog. So, like, they gave them a catalog of their music and I was included in that. And they used it. Just, like, the instrumental of it. So. Uh.
0: So cool. Yeah. So cool. It's, it's great to be Jenny Teeter these days, is it not it I know. I'm like, wow. is,
1: it, is something going to go wrong? What's what's next? No, what, this, no, this seems too good no. to be true, but it's... Well, uh...
0: so tell me this then. While many in the music community struggled during quarantine... Other people found ways to make the most out of it. Talk about how you made it through the pandemic. Did you get involved in live streaming? Like, what did all that look like for you? Oh, yes.
1: Me and everyone else. That (laughs) was such a funny time. Um, I did some live streams. Um, I didn't, like, go live every day. But me and the trio, we we would do our live streams um, together. And, like, I think we had, like, two or three um, live streams that we just set up. And... Um, people donated, but that wasn't my, my main income. I mean, me and the way,
0: I'm not trying to be the COVID police, but all three of you were in the room together or you used like something where we were in the room together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, we made sure that nobody was like sick, feeling sick or anything, but yeah. Um, other than that, honestly, I joined shipped, which is a, um, grocery shopping app where you could be a personal grocery shopper for ah. someone so it's like instacart yeah there's yeah. one called shipped and um i did that for a little bit to make some money um i mean unemployment
0: did you write more music as a result or was for it- sure
1: yeah dark angel came out of that that was specifically about covid so oh. that was more of a we wrote it and then like my friend peter he produced it and I was like, I really like this. I think I want to put it out. It's very relevant. I was literally talking about COVID being the dark angel, you know. Like, but I'm going to keep singing. That's the whole message of that song. So I released that That's during cool. during the pandemic and shot the music video like out in the woods, you know, and got had a lot of fun with that. Sheridan's in that music video as well, and Peter, he's on drums. So I kept myself busy with those types of projects, and um, and it was good. But I mean. Yeah, the money was not flowing for sure for any musician.
0: Yeah. Well, I do have to ask here we're sitting at NAM. You came all the way across the country to perform, which was last night. Is this your first? I'm going to say Anaheim Nam show because maybe you've gone to the ones in Nashville, but is it your first Anaheim Nam show? And and then, you know, talk about your performance last night, your yeah. show that you did.
1: Um, it's not my first. I played in January of 2020 on the same stage at ah. the Hilton uh, right before it all went down. So, and we had full band. Meg was with me. Sheridan was with me. Um, we all wanted to go to Nam and I had the opportunity um, to play because they, they select, you submit to play and then they pick who they want. So. Um, that was my first time performing at the Anaheim um, NAM. And I think that was the first. No, that was the second time I'd been to Anaheim. So this is the mm-hmm. third. And the show was last night. It was awesome. It was so good. The crowd was engaged, entertained. Like, it sounded good. And the crazy thing is um, I couldn't get my whole band to come out here. It's mm-hmm. just very expensive. Like, sure. there's no way. Uh, my drummer came, Sammy Potts. She's incredible. So she's here. And so I gl- I'm glad that I had her as the glue. But I was fighting too, like it was so hard to find a guitar player and a bass player to come with me. Um, four people canceled on me leading up to this date. As of last week, I found my guitar player who lives out here. Um, so I met them how at big the show.
0: My mouth just opened, my <laughs> yeah. eyes are like flying saucers. Like, I'm oh my gosh. serious.
1: This was this the craziest, most stressful gig to find players for, mm. but we did it. We met at the show. I met them last night, right so before they were the from show. Here. Yep, they were both from here. Wow. Um Yeah. So they killed it, though. They did a great job. And you know, I I was there. You know, I told them, let me know if you have any questions. So here's the set list. Here's your material to learn. Like. Thank you for joining but me. Did
0: you have charts? You know these. Yeah. You send it to him in advance.
1: Some of them had charts. Some of them didn't. Yeah. So, but they were so good, Like they were all based off of referrals. So I was tapping into everyone uh, I knew. I'm I like, see. who do I know that knows a guitar player and a bass player in L.A. Because at this point, Nashville flying out here is not going to happen. So I got mm. my drummer, and I had two new two new guys with us last night, and it went well. It's so I mean cool. people have been coming up to me all of Nam being like, you killed it last night. And so that's cool. so confirming. I'm yeah. like, thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. You know, it's like, you never know. But people what about
0: c- the show itself? Have you walked around and spoken to exhibitors or anybody that you wanted to see? Or yes. Or people that you met? Some yeah. cool stuff you've seen?
1: Oh yeah. There's a few people here that I know. Obviously, Teton Guitars. I'm endorsed by them. Um, I play their acoustics. So I've been... Um, Talking to them, um, sure, microphones is actually you know they have a demo where um, my band played Black Cherry Heart um, with four different microphones, so that's being you know broadcast at their at their booth so um but yeah there's it's been nice to just walk around. I've met a couple new new vendors that I'd like to start playing electric, so that's kind of like I found this electric guitar company that had awesome glittery guitars, so yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's been good. It's so been stay good. tuned. Stay tuned. To tuned. I don't know <laughs> all things Jenny Teeter yes. to see if
0: something comes to that. We're going to close today with another one of Jenny's original songs, one called "Black Cherry Heart." Jenny, before I let you go and I play that track, share with the audience all about this one, if you would, please.
1: Yeah, um, this one's about protecting your heart. Um, I wrote this with Sky Claire as well and Peter Eddins, and um, we came up with the ideas. Your your heart becoming a black cherry. There's a pit in the middle. After your first heartbreak, you don't wear your heart on your sleeve anymore. Hopefully you don't. Um, and it's just harder to get to me, you know, heart's harder to get to your heart. And so there's, you know, a pit in the middle and it's not that you're jaded, but it's just a little bit, you know, harder. So I'm a daddy's girl. My dad showed up in the music video and, uh, it's just a fun song. Just saying, if you want to take a bite, of my black cherry heart, it's going to be a little bit harder to get to. So.
0: How cool is that that you put your dad in the video? Yeah. Where was the video filmed, and where does he live?
1: Um, so we shot that music video at Bowie's, which is a, a venue in downtown Nashville. Um, the performance part was shot there, and then there's a cigar and bourbon lounge um, called Red Foam Booth that we shot the other scenes at. So, And he was, he was in town, and, and he was like... <laughs> Yeah, he, he makes a cameo at the end. Um, but it was, it was a really, a really fun music video. This guy just trying to like chase me. And I'm like undercover because he's trying to get my heart. And my dad helps me escape him.
0: So cool. <laughs> so cool. This has been so much fun, yeah. Jenny. Congratulations on all the success that Thank you're you. having. And I appreciate you making time to be on Now here. This Entertainment.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
0: My pleasure. My pleasure. And with that, I will wrap up another new episode. I've now heard this entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitarist, Jenny Teeter. Do be sure to visit her official website at JennyTeeter.com. And again, I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at NHTE.net. You will be able to see her upcoming live shows, link over to Spotify or YouTube to listen to her music and connect with her on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. I mentioned before, you can also find her on TikTok. Be sure to let Jenny know that you heard her and her music, and now hear this entertainment. Keep up with her online, not only for information on live shows, but you heard us talk about the video for Ooh Na Na and the new Whiskey With Me single. That's going to do it for episode 438. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song by Jenny Teeter. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Black Cherry Heart.
1: Through the bone to get.